0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered. I'm here with Amanda Vance. Hello. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, not with uh, Jonathan. Uh, he appears to have got stuck in a little bit of traffic. So, the Joys today will be an all girl party. Woohoo! <laughs> More wine for us. Uh, we, we're hoping this is going to be the best episode ever because then obviously um, that says something to you, Jonathan. Um, but we have checked and he has the Bluetooth plugged in. Uh, so driver safety. He, we will give him a call in a second. <laughs> and unfortunately, he can't drive and drink. So it's just going to be it's us, just us doing. And doing it is. It is. So I'm really, really excited that you're here. I'm so excited, Amanda. I've written this all down because it literally, this woman has done everything. I'm j- i You have. Okay. So we're going to talk about. your going around the world in eighty harvests. So this is a plan that Amanda has has concocted i guess
1: well i mean it's stolen from jules van <laughs> ah, so, do you know what it, i is... just i just changed it from you know days to to harvest no but that's worrying. very clever take fun.
0: something that already exists and just make it better right Exactly.
1: that's what the best journalists do or the best writers do apparently
0: <laughs> why come up with your Steal own things reaper. okay so that's 42 <laughs> countries over five continents over three years yes so when did you start this
1: uh, two years ago. So okay, so I'm, you've got I a few approach, more to I've squeeze one, in. I've got one more harvest year coming up.
0: Okay, and it's yeah. all—is it all going to schedule?
1: somewhere well, sort of. The schedule has changed um, because <laughs> harvests do change, and even yeah. when you're mid-traveling, the schedule changes. Yeah. So, this is the biggest nightmare: is trying to actually get there when the harvest is happening. As mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah. a wine harvest can like move—you know—a month ahead, a month later. And uh, you know, working with different winemakers in different regions, it, it kind of your cha- so your you, plans <laughs> change a so lot. So you're not booking flights way in advance then? You uh, the last sometimes, minute. Sometimes for okay. like the continents, but <laughs> yeah. not necessarily for the local travel. And actually okay. I do a lot of driving. Okay. It's quite a nice way to get around because you can stop and smell the No, but if you do <laughs> Have a, a f- look at the view and then you can really take your time. Have and you got you a you companion? Can load your, Car with, with wine, wine.
0: <laughs> this is what yeah okay this is very clever but are you doing this by yourself completely uh,
1: yes but I'm also collaborating with different photographers and videographers in different places that's so lovely at some points I'm working with other people and then at some points it's just me but then oh
0: that—that's nice, right? The moment when you don't have to talk to anyone, and the sun is setting, and you're in somewhere near a vineyard, and you just have a yeah. moment, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love a bit of alone time, but then I also but not too really much alone it. time. Yeah, exactly. It's it's that balance. You want some yeah. nights just to yourself. I pretend, you just yeah. Kind of like when I was in Croatia, was one of my favourite visits so far. Ah, well, you've
0: in, you've ruined the question already.
1: <laughs> she's,
0: she's jumping ahead, everyone. She's jumping ahead. Yeah,
1: Sorry. no. Um, but I loved. We had this huge thunderstorm in Istria, and I was alone for the night. And I was in this Airbnb in this yeah. family cottage, which was this beautiful stone building where they made their own wine downstairs. Uh-huh. But that was just a coincidence. And it was just nice to have a night to yourself with a thunderstorm, a thunderstorm and some I some wine. Yeah,
0: I just, I, I find it. it- it, that it's so powerful it's it's yes. almost it's sexy it's it, there's something so incredible about a thunderstorm Absolutely. the power and people get so scared and I understand why but when you're in a house and you can just look out and normally as well the rain is
1: Chucking yeah, it down, it's, it's romantic, great. Yeah, and yeah, I, it. I mean, feel, and I feel most romantic by myself, which is a serious thing. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, no, is that no, a good, like good thing? <laughs> just in a like romantic, literary way, you know? Just
0: oh, like, of course, you just, just, yeah, you For anyone you who doesn't know Amanda Barnes, she, she is a award
1: winning <laughs> journalist,
0: okay? So she must take inspiration from these moments. No, the no don't take any
1: inspiration tripping I just down love down my them. It. It, it feels really nice, it's the power, and it looks good. I
0: am. 100% yeah. with you on this one. So that's
1: your fake say, that's your favourite <laughs> That's Those are my nice alone times. But then, you know, the highlights of a- Around the World at 80 Harvest is meeting different people all over the world and spending time, especially with winemakers and viticulturalists who generously give me loads of their time to, to share their deepest secrets of the terroir yeah. and kind of talk about what they do and why they love it so much. Um, and so it's a really nice combination of, of meeting. So many different people and so different personalities, and then also a bit of you know, traveling and voyaging and, and a else. little bit of
0: food and a little bit of wine. Oh, and and same a ton time. of food
1: and a ton of wine. Yes,
0: they're not bad as well. Winemakers <laughs> know that they need some food with really. <laughs> it.
1: No. So, yeah, so how many countries have you got?
0: Uh, well, yeah, countries, right? Yeah, com- have, Well, or, or har- well how, how many harvests? Because so you're so doing it's that in yes, how many regions. regions, it's 80 yes. wine regions.
1: Yeah, and I'm about halfway in. Um, halfway in, and, in and you've only and got regions. one year. Well, but there's... pressures on. It's Europe. There's a, yeah, You can do a lot more in Europe. There's your, okay. a lot in Europe. So Europe okay. is very much like boom, boom, boom. You're okay, hitting so a lot of places. Yeah. Whereas uh, in North America, for example, even though I spent you know three months there, it was all over the continent. So across from Western Canada, Eastern Canada, and either side so of the US, time. Mexico, and, and mm. those big distances take time. And then Australia, New Zealand... Uh, and Asia, those are the ones that will that really take time to to hop between places. Whereas Asia, Europe is very Have kind of <laughs> how,
0: how have you found the harvests in Asia?
1: Well, I haven't been to any yet. I've been to India. Okay. Um, but that was before see harvests, so that'll be next year. So mm-hmm. I've got hot Asia and cold Asia. So cold Watch out, being everybody. Japan and China. Okay. That's going to be great. <laughs> and then hot Asia being the more tropical sides. Okay,
0: so what I've realised is we actually already poured ourselves wine, unfortunately. Jonathan not being here. Ha, 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 ha. Cheers, saloon. Yeah, to be honest, actually, yeah, we're we're almost through it. Sorry again, Jonathan. Um, And we're not drinking it, are we? Because we're we're actually talking. So um, you brought this first wine. We only have two wines to talk about today, as we know why. What have you brought?
1: Well, when you said kind of pick a theme, I said old wine. Um, because it's open enough that I could see what I could find in London. Um, because Although that I, proved quite difficult for you in the like end, actually didn't actually it? really hard. <laughs> <laughs> so living in South America, but I live in Argentina and I kind of have my cellar and stock up things that I really like to drink. But being here, I'm always like, oh, London is so great. You get so many wines from around the world. But I really wanted to show you some old wines from Chile because I think there's a treasure trove of old vines in the Mm. south of Chile, and and I really don't think people are talking about it enough.
0: Well, funny, I'm just going to interrupt you for one second. Talking of old vines in Chile, I'm still, I don't know whether you know, because you know more about the the stuff going on in South America in general with the wine industry. I've heard from several winemakers, we talk about um, some of the most commercially oldest vineyards, you know, are in Barossa Valley. Um, You've got the Turkey Flat Vineyard with the Shiraz that's 18... 1840s, 1850s, yeah. or something, and you've obviously got the Cabernet Sauvignon in Penfold, um, you know, a little bit later than that. But I've heard from several people that there may be Pais, the original grape that came to um, Chile, that could be nearly 400 years old. Yeah, um, have you heard the same thing? Because there's yeah. no, there's nothing when I search when you sent all vines, I thought, Do you know what? I want some solid, solid, concrete evidence of this. I say it a lot when I meet my customers, um, but I actually it's only like word on the street. But I can't find anything on the internet. So you, and yeah, back me up here. Because I, 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 I've been led to believe that actually maybe they're, they're trying maybe. to find some documentation and whatever, and it looks like they're maybe some of the oldest finds in the world in
1: Chile. Well, for sure, because Chile has never been affected by Ploxera. So that's really important mm. for Chile's story. And that's why all these old vines exist. They're still very strong. They've never been crippled by um, any terrible diseases like phylloxera or plagues. Um, And you know, when they first planted vines in the 1600s, really, um, with these criolla varieties like Pace and the white that we're drinking, are are criolla varieties as well. uh, you know, they've just stayed there. So it's not a case of uh, them ever disappearing. It's just that they might have been replanted with something else, or they've kind of been Grafted. There's a lot of old vine pais, which is over 200 years old, uh, which has been grafted with other varieties like carignan or sinso. Um, so yeah, there's a ton of old vines in Chile, and it's very undocumented because it's um, they they haven't been very sexy varieties. But but they're <laughs> they're now, and which
0: you, I love. <laughs> well, you love them. I love them. I think that you know again. Um, anyone in the wine industry they're they're exciting it's like with anything now it's the same thing that I think happened with Gamay people started Mm. looking at it how can we make it better and how can we concentrate it and it's the same thing with Pais calm down the tannins make them more concentration and I think now we've drunk Chardonnay and we've drunk Sauvignon Blanc for how long it's time for these interesting cool weird varieties that people haven't heard of that you can start telling stories about right I
1: find it I've just done a big feature for Decanter's South America edition on on Criolla varieties because it's something that I personally find fascinating um, and hope that other people will do too because they're planted throughout South America, Mm -hmm. the Americas. You know, it's the founding varieties of the Americas, the first to arrive in the Caribbean and then spread upwards to North America and downwards to South. And uh, you've got so much país, which is Criolla chica, and then we've also got in Argentina a lot of Criolla grande, uh, and you're making some excellent wines from those today. And those are lovely, juicy red wines, um, typically quite light uh, mm. and very fruity and, and kind of fun. The stuff that you want to chill and you want to have at a summer afternoon like today. Which, oh my <laughs> gosh, we've done.
0: Do you know, I, I was just reading um, in Indocanta, which uh, Amanda also writes for. Please check out Summer Pasta. Um they they've just released like a little report that the sales have gone through the roof. Obviously sparkling wine, surprise surprise, and rosé. We've had like one of the best summers since <laughs> I think it's not I think they said 1976 plus <laughs> seven I believe oh 76 77 oh, something like that, I don't know 76 and a half <laughs> and depends on what you're reading and um, and then we did better than we've ever done in the World Cup. So, I think Waitrose said something like sparkling wine spiked this year by a 50% raise. MS um, said something, I don't know, rose was up like by 30%. It's, it's phenomenal. And I, I've been speaking to some distributors, some importers that have been bringing in wine to the UK. And they've been having a terrible summer because normally everything's very calm and you're, you're screaming for work. They've been like chasing their tails because <laughs> there's not enough wine in the country. And if we talk about. Really? Yeah, because they've been selling out because all the, their expectations of wine sales over the summer have just gone through the roof. So, I mean, it's a, it's a it's funny been, one. But it's been so wonderful. I'm so excited
1: to be back for this summer because I've I been in Argentina for nine years, coming up ten. And uh, and so to actually be here for a couple of months in the best summer ever. <laughs> I'm like, well, yes! This is the best summer of our lives right know, now. This is incredible. I really enjoy
0: so it. this is a beautiful, lovely white. So tell me. So okay. So this I, is Demanzino.
1: W- yeah. Um, which is a great producer in Chile, um, and they work with vineyards all over the country. Um, so they've got two very talented winemakers, Marcelo Retamal and Eduardo Jordan. Uh, and this is one of their projects in the south in Atata which is one of the heartlands of these old vines, Atata, Maule, Bío Bío, that's where you'll find the really good mm-hmm. old vines. And this is um, something
0: that people are now starting to latch yeah, on. We've, with good old global warming, which it turns
1: out might be affecting us,
0: <laughs> always a thumbs up somewhere. Um, again, people are reaching out, especially in Argentina and Chile, for the cooler climate regions, and now they're going further south where it is cooler. And this is, this is another example yeah. where you, you get a different style.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's a milder climate. I wouldn't say it's one of the coolest, okay. yeah. because the cooler ones um, tend to be the extremities of the kind of coast or, or, or further south in, in Patagonia. But these are much milder climates, a bit more European. The more rainy as well, aren't <laughs> they? A lot more this is rainy. This dry harvested here, so you don't need don't to irrigate um, and it's just a beautiful part of the world, and I, and I really, I like, I really like old men, and I really like old <laughs> women, and like you find, you find them endearing. I do. I just yeah. find them very distinctive, and I think it's the same with wines. Even when they're made in a, in a younger fresher style. Yeah. I still think they're quite distinctive mm-hmm. and I think old vines have something to give us for that reason.
0: So this I really like and we we when we opened it up we both went, oh, "Okay, the uh, the Muscat, the Muscatel, however you want to call it is not it's not um as strong yeah. and it's got more peachy, it's got more grapey it's got, yeah. as, as we've gone along but it's been a really beautiful. So what's the, sorry, remind me. It's um so it's Muscatel with
1: yeah, 70% Muscatel and then 30% Corinto yes. which is actually Xassela. Which is the, or we think it's Chasselet, which is the variety from Switzerland, which mm-hmm. is one of the places I also really enjoyed visiting with AT Harvest. Because you like Chasselas the interesting places, like, the different ones. Yeah, but Chasselet is the, the kind of national grape, really, mm. in terms of white. And it's the most neutral grape. It's low in acidity, it's low in alcohol, it's low in aromatics, but it's also the most kind of. Terroir transparent grape, if Mm. you like, and it's the one that people get really geeky over, and and it's their Grand Cru sites are all with Chasselin, and it's just one of those grapes that I find very interesting. And this one, because it's so neutral. Um, and and this wine too, you know, it's not screaming muscat, which a it's lot of it's calmed them do. it down, it's and it's very, given a,
0: it's added roundness on yeah. the edges, right? Hasn't it? So you've got that prettiness, that perfume, yeah. but it's given you a more mouthfeel, a little bit yeah. softer. But it, it's got nice
1: acidity for, for these varieties. It's got quite. Good acidity, isn't
0: it? No, this is it. This is beautiful, and I think it's just—it's not in your face. It's something that you can—is you know—you <laughs> yeah, can really take your time with it, have a little sniff, have a play. But for someone who just wants to—and this was not—and this is not expensive, is it?
1: No, this, this is fifteen is what
0: quid. I, fifteen quid for old vine, beautiful wine with yes. a story. Trying varieties that perhaps you haven't tried before. You got this from Berry Bros. Yeah, this
1: is Berry Brothers. I bet this is at least a hundred years old. Yeah. Probably much more. Do you know what? I think my
0: wine coming up is Berry Bros as well. We're giving them a no right worry. plug. Yeah, absolutely. I think I did. Well, but I,
1: they're very old wine merchants. Yeah,
0: so. are <laughs> <They, they, laughs> very really really old. old
1: That's brilliant. Do you know how old the vines are? I think they're they're over a hundred for sure. Uh, um. I mean, it says on the back of the bottle, vines dating to 1551, which answers your question okay. about old vines. So they're not quite sure, but, but they're But they're not sure. I mean, you'd have to go there and kind of measure the trunks and have a look that way. <laughs> but these are, this is a field blend of two very traditional varieties um, that were brought over hundreds of years ago, the first kind of major grapes to be planted in Chile um, when the Spanish arrived. Uh, in the fifteen and 1600s mm-hmm. and so you know these are old ones they're definitely not younger That's than so 100. exciting <laughs> so now what I'm going to do let's
0: let's see the first time for everything everybody we're gonna we feel like we're gonna try Jonathan and uh and see uh if he will join us for a few minutes oh, yeah. so let's give him a call <laughs> uh, and uh see if he has anything <coughs> interesting okay Ooh. hopefully you can all hear that I'll see if I can get any louder that's Hello! A- Hello! You are live, well, not really live, but you are being <laughs> recorded. How are you doing? Just, um, horribly, but just carry on. It's going badly, huh, in the traffic?
2: It's unbelievable, but this is what I, this is what I get for uh, being really happy about my new cars. This is karma coming back and biting me in the
0: Yeah, when travelling to London at rush hour, it's probably best to get the train, right? <laughs>
2: I assumed, though, because I was coming back into London, everyone would be leaving London. Therefore, I'd be okay.
0: And I was—I—I I smashed time coming down the M11. We well, smashed, smashed it. Smashed it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sorry to say, but you're missing out on all the wine. We're having a lovely uh, De Martino white old vine. What were you? What were you going to bring? Dirty roundies, um, Verdra from California. I could not hear you at all. Can you speak clearly, please? <laughs> Dirty and rowdy's there from California. Please. Oh, I love
1: it.
0: <laughs> well, I have a Californian red uh, coming up as well. So again, at least it's not so bad. Will you will you uh, get, send us a tasting note when you get home and drink it? Yeah, no worries. So you seeming relatively calm. I would have thought that you'd be angrier. Um, uh,
2: calming techniques. Trying to. Breathe deeply. I don't know. It's like I've just changed lanes. Now I'm going to go around whatever long way I have to. I think at this point because that, that lane isn't moving at all. Maybe Plus, beep. Go past.
0: We'll just beep. I hear that beeping really, really helps.
2: Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to help in this situation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, we just wanted you to be involved, you know, in the episode um, a little bit. Um, anything to say at the moment, or shall we just crack on drinking wine without you? Crack on, crack on. I won't be jealous, I swear. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I tell you what, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to do some, uh, I just want to ask your opinion, I feel like this will be, and this is really interesting. Wine news. Uh, Kendall Jackson, talking of California, has just put in a 15-page proposal um, to get a white wine emoji. And I am feeling my opinion. I am very happy about this. Uh, Amanda, what do you think?
1: I think yes, as a journalist, that as, I mean, yes, as somebody I, I who likes to write limited. and language, I do limited by only red wine emojis, and I use it pretty much every day.
0: See, there you go. Proper <laughs> uh, literature journalism.
1: experts in journalism—they
0: need a white wine and emoji and and a rosé. <laughs> oh god! Now you're now you're getting wine geeky. Jonathan, what do you think? Are you excited that we um, might get a white wine emoji? I mean,
2: like the part of me that really doesn't care about emojis says no, but the part of me that has to use social media probably is quite happy. You and say well, there is a white wine emoji.
0: What, there is not a white no, wine emoji. A sparkling
1: wine emoji.
0: And you know what well, makes me really, really upset? What, what, about,
2: what about non-binary wine emojis? there not one of those as well? That's terrible. Which one? Non-binary.
0: <laughs> Non-winery.
2: Non-binary. Non-binary
0: non-binary I
1: think it means like I'm being facetious
0: don't worry okay you're using you're using far too clever words for me I can't because I'm sober ah oh, yes. you need to drink more wine well don't worry we, we won't be sober for long so yeah so um, I'm very excited and I thought that you were a real emoji king I thought that you actually genuinely I mean I can't function without emojis how will people um, know I'm happy I or confused or stressed
2: I live between two worlds, I think, when it comes to social media and emojis. Some days I love them, some days I hate
0: them. I think that's your life in general, though, isn't it? Well, barely barely the love, but um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, I just wanted to include you in uh, the latest, the absolute latest, hottest wine news and see what your opinion is. But we've heard it here. In in journalism, they still need white wine emojis. I've got one, speaking of Kendall Jackson, and there's one for Amanda
2: as well. Um, I just got asked to write a bit for a journalist. He's looking into replica wine because in the US there's some company making basically replica wine. Where they try and replicate famous wines but make it half the price. Wow! And they're doing it in a lab. I heard about
0: this. This is interesting. Um, Who's doing that?
2: Uh, I can't remember the company, but they literally call them like the, the names are all joke knockoffs. But it's only available in the US. I'm pretty sure it doesn't meet EU regulations. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> this is a shame. Interesting. Hmm.
0: So, we need to investigate that. So, uh, Amanda, no comment?
1: No comment, but someone else also mentioned that to me this week. I need okay. to investigate. We need and to do tasting. Yes, we do. We, well, we need to go and to America quite clearly. the real stuff.
0: Oh, okay. We need some money or some funding behind yeah. that to do that. That's interesting. Okay, fine. And any listeners, if anyone knows anything? If anyone uh, sponsor us, that'd be great. Yeah. Sp- sponsor us to drink.
1: Yeah,
0: they're not yeah. that. Could be, is that the objective of our podcast? That that it, that could be good. We need to know what we're doing this for, right? Yep. Okay, good. Right. Well, we've got something to work towards. Fabulous. Um, I guess I'll leave you because I don't want you know to to take your focus off of the road. Beep. Beep. Oh, yeah. More. You're taking
2: a lot of focus at the
0: moment. <laughs> don't drink the wine next to you, okay? And stay calm. Keep the meditation going. Yep. Bye. Right. Carry on. All right, Bye. we'll carry on as we are. We'll go to my wine in a minute. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That was a. Uh first time ever <laughs> that was that was Jonathan's special appearance
1: yeah i think it was quite it was very good actually I and mean, we almost got a traffic report so if anyone's listening don't uh, go on the m25
0: know, like, the
1: traffic was like a week ago
0: yeah i don't <laughs> think that traffic report's going to uh, old uh, and, uh ancient uh, traffic reports it could are probably be
1: a as well <laughs> could I'm well sure be. the m25 suffers from these problems regularly All the time. <laughs> really? And on that topic, we We have have finished (laughs) our first. We have finished our first. And seeing as we only have two, we should
0: just crack our rope. We'll do that. We haven't quite finished the bottle of the first. So actually, there's time to return back. Um, But I am going to talk about this one. Oh, gosh, I poured the red into the white. The good news is Jonathan's not here, so um, we can cope. That, they're fantastic glasses. I actually, of course, would like to let say we are in um, M Restaurant. They've been very kind to let us use their private room. We're in the Threadneedle Street Bank um, restaurant. It's beautiful, isn't it? It is, it's yeah. lovely. You go through. <laughs> um, Amanda got uh, first. She is the f- most organized person of all of us. Quite clearly, Jonathan <laughs> is the worst um, and was here before first and uh, told me she was at the bar so I walk in and I ask oh uh, I'm here to, to meet somebody at the bar and they take me to these door. it doesn't even look like doors it's like a wall yeah. a black wall isn't it and then they just push this black wall and it turns into a bar it's very cool so I would certainly recommend if anyone wants to walk through a wall that's actually a door
1: and then come back downstairs to where yes, we are yes we're in a little we're private we're room secret I mean it feels like I'm watching The Handmaid's Tale again. <laughs> 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 I know, the Handmaid's Tale, and it kind of feels like oh, we're in all these
0: secret compartments. I it's can't nice. Like it. It's a very nice restaurant, and um, in fact, upstairs in this one, they have the um, enomatics for anyone who feels like trying a few different wines, um, and they're they're fantastic. They they give you a little card and you actually, you know, you're in a bar area. So I'll take you upstairs, we'll yeah. have a look. It, you've got couches, you can relax, and no one's bothering you too much, yeah. but at the same time, you can actually ask them. So it's actually quite a nice way, rather than a lot of the other places in London with animatic machines, which are a bit more, they're not as comfortable, yeah. they're, they, they're much more, there's a bench, you sit down, you know, this actually is just a like a,
1: a lovely lounge
2: with a few
0: <laughs> beautiful couches, like a, a fake fireplace, and wine on animatic.
1: And, and Wagyu hot dogs, I did see that. They one. do Wagyu
0: hot dogs here. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. We are plugging M restaurants.
1: I am just curious. I've never... I mean, honestly, I didn't even think beef went into a hot dog, so... I think
0: you can have different types of hot dogs, and that quite I clearly really. proves this is a tasty hot dog. Right. Cheers.
1: Know,
0: cheers. Lovely. So, ooh, now that is really interesting. So, we're drinking biracchino. Biracchino is uh, the producer, spelt in a really weird way. It's uh, Italian for naughty so birikino this is I their yeah yeah well apparently so what I love about this winery is they're not really a winery they're two guys they used to work for Booney Doom uh, which is in the Santa Cruz region doom Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Booney Doon. <Dune>. Really?
1: <laughs> yeah, Booney
0: Listen, I've never been to love, pronouncing wine. I've word.
1: been to Bunny Doon. Have met. you done that in
0: one of the Around the Harvests? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Randall Graham, who's a genius. Yeah, He's yeah. lovely. And he makes great wine. And actually, when I was at Berry Bros, <laughs> plugging Berry <Mary> Bros again. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get out a lot, do we? <laughs> so, when I was there, I was trying to, not for this tasting, but just trying to get it. They had a sale on one of his wines, which I adore.
2: Great
1: winemaker. Mm. So any any guys that come from here
2: are going to be good...
0: So the two guys drink. used to work there and then basically what happened was um, an importer, I think in Canada, but an importer basically wanted some Alvesia, um Bianco. Oh, and yeah, um, at the time, the winemaker in Boot, Are you saying Boone? Bo- oh, sorry, I don't know what I'm talking about then, Boone Doon. Boone was just not... He wanted to downsize. He didn't want to do... He was doing different things and said, no, I don't want to do that. And these guys basically went we do, and basically started something on their own, so they don't have their own winery and they don't own their own vineyards, but basically they started making this Malvasia for two years, it was like selling loads, and all of a sudden people started contacting them and they started having conversations because the idea of this Malvasia was very old vine and then they just started being very interested in anyone with vineyards of old vines they even have, I think it's um, Sanso from 1886 six I believe nice. so going that far back so they're really really specialist in old vine wine so when you mentioned to me old <laughs> vines and then I found this on my shelf very convenient not but sadly from Berry Bros um I will get back to everyone on the price I can't remember but I think this is a, a, around the 20 20- Twenty pound mark. Um, I will confirm. Um, I thought this was perfect because this is what they specialize in. And what's really nice and about about them, they're very much about minimal intervention. No, oak, like old oak barrels, yeah. natural yeast. Keep this is an unfiltered wine. Um, so this is old vine Zinfandel. Um, this is the two thousand and fourteen Saint georges Zinfandel. And on the wine, I can't speak French. You can maybe correct me. <laughs> Vin Ville- <laughs> Monjener. Is what they're saying, which basically means like a 90 to 99 year old person. Oh,
1: really? So these are my nine... favourite types.
0: <laughs> exactly, you love them. <laughs> um, so this like is. Like
1: a no... what? Oh, I've had too much wine. Would it be like a noctogenarian? Or
0: wait, hang on, I did actually I mean, write it it it. Wait, be, Wait, wait.
1: The octogenarian is an 80 year old. It must be a noctogenarian. This, in English,
0: the translation is nonagenarian. Nona. Nonagenarian.
1: It's very is much like
0: the Italian grammar. they well, There you go then. <laughs> this, is, this is why everybody needs to travel. You get these little nuggets of information. So that's what they call an Italian grandma.
1: Nonna. Yeah. Ah, that's where it comes from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if it's re- related to being 90. <laughs> Makes this sense. Is the nonna,
0: yeah. Okay, so this basically was planted in 1922 and has gone from generation to generation. Again, if we're speaking French, père il fil, or something. My, my French again, I can't. Pronounce. I can't even pronounce English words. Um, so it's been looked after to, from generation to generation, um, and they are now producing fantastic Zinfandel. And this is great because it's it's powerful, but actually very elegant and very. It's um, not per- very Zinfandel. Not you what know, are you'd expect,
1: especially from California, yeah, right? Yeah, because Zinfandel sometimes can just be this. Big old fruit bomb, and it can be quite hard to. I mean, actually, I think these wines have a lot of similarities mm. because both of them could be fruit bombs, and they could be over exuberant in the nose and, and just quite tiring. And I think they have an elegance. I think this is really lovely. I really it's like really, this
0: and again, you know, I think they they even say on um. the the label, yeah, um, native yeast, élevage, yeah. neutral barrel unfiltered and i just think you and i think you get the so what they said um is their main thing they 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 specialize in vineyards from san well actually not just in santa cruz generally vineyards um that have a maritime climate that have some freshness that are are all vines and they're not trying to do the powerhouse they're not trying to do what's quite well known from the area they're all about perfume they're all about elegance the um, Malvasia, Bianco, that they first produced, I will always remember, they described it as being on a Hawaiian vacation. <laughs> I think that is lovely, with this idea that yeah. all this beautiful jasmine and honeysuckle <laughs> and, and, and lime <laughs> flowers, but in this beautiful <laughs> zesty I just think and in fact I was drinking that very recently and at the car the wine boot sale that was just last week plug that there's another one happening another um, wine uh, boot sale <coughs> in August somewhere in London maybe I'll put up the details um, <laughs> anyone can go and you can try lots of different wine from different um, suppliers in London uh, one of them had the Vera Kino uh, Pet Nat oh, the Petillon Natural so Wine that's naturally sparkling um, and unfiltered, and and it's just it's it's a beautiful it's it's a beautiful experience of wine. I'm a real fan of these nice. these these wines, and this is just another example that's of grapefruit. And it's almost a little bit herbaceous, a little bit balsamic-y, a little bit yeah, I would agree, not funky, um, but and it yeah,
1: it's. Yeah, it's nice. It's like it's it's not. If I were to taste this blind, I wouldn't guess something. Down.
0: But it feels like you're outdoors. You yeah, said cedar, yeah. and it's like <laughs> yeah, I think you know absolutely. when I I it's said like earth, you said cedar. Yeah. yeah. Running through a forest, barefoot, <laughs> with a little basket in her hand full of freshly baked bread, now, going to nonna, is, our, our Italian grandma.
1: <laughs> it's a what a wine? A lone wine. Is it? By lone yourself? Romance. Yeah. If you've got your big glass, running through the forest, just. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is Amanda's wine when there's a thunderstorm and she wants to be by do herself.
1: You know I do. I hate it when someone says, you know, wines are to share. Because I agree, ninety-five percent.
0: Wow! Are yeah. Wines are not to be shared. Wines are for Amanda. Wines are only for Amanda. Leave Amanda alone. Amanda is on her wine.
1: I know, I'm such a diva, but this is brilliant. Um, but you know, like ninety-five or maybe ninety-eight percent of wines are to be shared. But sometimes, there's something great about having a glass to yourself.
0: No, do you know, it, but you know, what? the worst thing is, when I'm out, the experience is perfect, I'm having a great meal, food, everything's going on, and, and wine, but you're actually so busy talking, you rinse through a bottle of wine, and then there is that moment at the end, and you go, huh. I mean, it was enjoyable, but I, I, and 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 the wine geek inside me wants to take a few notes. You know, you want to just look at it and go, "Yeah, actually, it was quite deep in colour, and it and it and it it was full body, and the acidity was this, and I actually got you know black pepper and yeah. you know cinnamon." Spice. You just something so that you 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 remember. It. Otherwise, you're like, "Oh, it was a good wine." Yeah, exactly. mm-hmm. I mean, there are
1: some wines that you know you should just open over the table and have fun, but then I I do think that sometimes we have a very different approach to whiskies than we do to wine. Like whiskies, we always think of as something that you mull over and you drink slowly. And and often someone might have a whiskey that they, you know, dip into over a year, and and they they might often drink it by themselves. That's (laughs) Uh, true. It's like a a nightcap. We we kind of pigeonhole to the table sometimes. And and actually, I think that a wine can be a really nice thinking wine. I think this is a nice thinking wine. I like this.
0: But I think that's... Why actually, the Coravan is such a wonderful thing if you've got a Coravan. I've book.
1: never used a caravan because I live in South America <laughs> and you just we, drink it all. Yeah, well, I drink it all, but we also like it's very expensive. Oh, and really? It doesn't really what I would say
0: much. about a Coravan, and this is not just my opinion, this is. Do you is, have one? I do have one. Um, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal tool. Phenomenal tool phenomenal uh, god this is turning into singing do you know what that, we should because Jonathan hates it when I start singing we should, should like do
1: some car karaoke. <laughs> would
0: be brilliant. But we should just completely gatecrash crash the whole episode and start singing everything and he would hate us which would be hilarious and he can mm-hmm. rant for the next episode um I do have one it's fantastic when I go to see my customers and I have a premium wine and I don't want to Open up a whole bottle just for one customer, so I can I can use it. It is also great as well if me and my boyfriend are pretending to be healthy and only um, have a glass. But that normally ends up we opening it anyway. But we we, we begin with a good intention, which is all you can hope for. Um, however, the the fact that the Coravan company states that you can um, take. Uh, a portion of wine out of a bottle without opening it that the oxygen will be replaced by argon gas and there will be absolutely no effect and they have done this for years Mm -hmm. and experimented bollocks Bollocks is Mm -hmm. a perfect word it absolutely is i i was tasting um with some people they've been in the industry for many years um and we uh, tried a wine New and opened, and Coravand two weeks earlier. And the two weeks earlier was still delicious and enjoyable, but you realized that the nose was slightly muted. There wasn't as much to it. On its own, no problem, but you lose things. And I have found with my wines, within a month, they start oxidizing. I am using them um, several times, so I'm probably putting the needle through a few, a few, a few. So maybe it's making the cork slightly less porous, but at the end of the day, the point is, these are not old wines that are 30 years old where the cork is is, is not porous anymore. They should go back, and it doesn't, um, I guess. I, uh, so my, my, my feelings on the Coravan is it is absolutely amazing if you want to have a glass of wine now and a glass of wine next week. If you want to drink something on your own and you know that half a bottle is all that you want to have, then it's perfect. Use the Coravan for the first half, and then you open up the next one. But I would never leave, for me personally, to enjoy a great wine. I would never leave it more than two weeks. Ew, a month if it's a really young wine and you feel you can trust the cork a bit more but great invention but i mean just drink the whole bottle i guess
1: <laughs> i like i like to drink wines over a couple of days if i and i like to taste wines over a couple of days i also think um one of the great things about being a wine writer mm. is you get to taste a lot of wines but i kind of think you have to sleep with wine. <laughs> do you know what? <laughs> I often I find the next, day, of, the next day it tastes better. How yeah. do you
0: feel about that? I find it's nine times out of ten with premium wine the next
1: it. day. It depends on the wine, I think. But I, I think sometimes you can really see the character of a wine. It's how, how well it holds up. Mm-hmm. Talking about premium wines, I mean, if it's something that's, you know, five, ten, even fifteen pounds a bottle, yeah. I'm quite happy for it to have a 24-hour lifespan. I think that's fair. Yeah. But uh, but if it's something that you're spending fifty quid on, then I do think it's interesting to see how it develops. And a lot of wines do taste much better on the second day, like curries.
0: I think this is the it's such a shame, you know, from being a sommelier myself in restaurants, and opening opening up fantastic wines. You know, you, you open up a twenty year old Chateau Mouton Rothschild, fantastic. And you put it in a decanter, and those people are drinking it 10 minutes later. And you think, you know, realistically, the amount of money that you've mm. just spent, that should have been decanted maybe, well, 20 years ago, maybe not. It depends on what you're having. But, you know, but, Four hours. But, yeah, exactly. You don't, it, it depends on, on, the, on the age. Um, but you definitely want to have given it a few hours and to just, you know, straight away, you know, and you, it's so wonderful when you have the exact experience you're just describing. You get to enjoy it in the moment. You get to enjoy it out a a few hours later. You try it the next day yeah. and even the third day. Absolutely. And regardless, no matter what, on wherever your preference is, because I imagine it's not even yeah. where is the best part of the wine. I always think, you know, it's so subjective, but it will be different every single time.
1: Yeah. And that's what I really... That's the wine geek, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's the wine geek.
1: Like, I get really geeky about it and I will taste it. In the morning, in the evening, next morning, next evening, spit.
0: I and, wish I lived in Argentina with you.
1: <laughs> I think I'm starting to think
0: that we could be very good friends. <laughs> really do. Where, where, why did you go to Argentina? Tell me. So we... you, I mean, it's, God, it's very... Where in Argentina were you living? Mendoza. Are you Mendoza? Yeah. I mean, I wondered whether that was yeah. too obvious. No,
1: you have okay. to be... It's like the centre of the wine world. Of
0: course. So. No, but I wonder whether you're just um, going to be... No, no,
1: no. Nah, a lot of people live in Buenos Aires, but it's not... It's like You're too far hard. away from You're where it's all happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. wine industry. So, so you, you know you've got a lot of bars and restaurants and that's great. But uh, all the wine producers are on the corridor of the Andes. Mm-hmm. And so Mendoza is the is the main hub. Uh, and I mean South America was always something that was on my radar growing up. I was Why? always very I don't know uh, one of my best friends was born in Brazil. So maybe that had something to do mm-hmm. with it. I always liked the music, the literature. I read a lot of uh, Latin American literature. And um, I just fell in love with it from afar. And I learned Spanish at school. And I know I'm jealous. I'm very Spanish. jealous. No, she saying? says I speak Spanish. I'm trying, I'm trying um, to speak Spanish. do this in
2: Spanish.
0: Yes, but the people might not understand. But,
1: I, think, I think some will be very Que muy interesante, No. <laughs>
0: The um, proxima cinco minutos in español okay? sí. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, But uh, anyway, so I kind of fell in love with it as a concept and as a place that I wanted to mm. go. And after working as a journalist for a couple of years after university, I decided that I was fed up with my job. Mm. I was editor of a couple of weekly newspapers, which was great learning experience, but not really.
0: Not exciting enough. Well, no, I
1: mean, it was very busy. It was quite exciting at moments, but it, it was very exhausting and it just wasn't exactly what I wanted to mm-hmm. do. So I just thought, time to take a pause. And a pause then, that didn't really pause, but no, I it just to, kept going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, well, I'll go to South America and I'll learn about wine in a wine producing so continent. Soon. Wh- was this, country. that
0: was your step into the wine world Absolutely, then?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I've always drunk. You know, I've always drunk wine with my parents. As an amateur, you were great. especially oh, as an no, amateur, but I was never good as an amateur. Okay. I, know, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm not a sommelier, and I, I'm not interested in being. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a journalist, and I write about wine, but I, I, I would never claim to be an expert. Well, I think um,
0: when you visit that many wineries and you begin, you know, when you <laughs> no, no, you no, extract no, no. the information from those winemakers, make you an
1: expert. No. It just makes you an observer.
0: Then again, I think... And I'm if, a journalist,
1: which is an observer. When you say expert,
0: though, I think if you ask any of the, quote, experts, unquote, <laughs> they will say again, am I an expert? The wonderful thing about wine is that you, there's a whole, always a new region, a new grape variety, something new happening, and um, everyone is constantly learning in the wine world, and I think that's why it makes it so exciting. So who is an expert, Absolutely. You know, yeah. And
1: I think, think it's the great. best best winemakers that I know, at least, they um, they're always open to learning, and they travel all the time. And that's something. That's one of the reasons I went to South America is I really wanted to be in a new world uh, country, which is why I chose Argentina. But I wanted to be in a new world country where people are really open to sharing information, talking about what they do. And, uh, and learning from other places.
0: I think that's what I love about South America. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, for anyone listening, you are now listening to two people that are, I think, <laughs> it may be English women with, like, a Latino soul. I'm sure I was a, I was a Latino <laughs> in my past life. I, I'm convinced of it. Um, and when you go to South America... The hospitality, the people, the the energy, the the family vibes, being together, eating great food, having parties, but, but not nothing. It's not crazy like in England where we just get completely annihilated and collapse on the floor. These people in South America drink nonstop throughout the evening and just eat and have fun oh, and, and no, dance and listen to really music. A, there's, mean, I'm they sure there are some, but, but
1: they do, there are, but, but it, like, there's it's a. a, it's, a
0: but no, it's a, there's a real energy, family, passionate, yeah. loving vibe for me when I've been to so many of the different um, Latino countries. And I've always felt at home. You know, it's, uh, it, it's my absolute favorite continent. You have been to, obviously, you, you've obviously been to Argentina. <laughs> I know you've been to Chile. You've been to Brazil and um, Uruguay. I'm through yeah, Bolivia. Okay.
1: For so, my wine but for
0: wine, comparison. okay, ah, which so would Bolivia? You would consider Bolivia? I know Peru oh, makes definitely. a little bit of wine. Bolivia sure, is.
1: Bolivia makes more wine than Peru. I mean, Peru okay. makes more wine in terms of pisco production. Yeah, uh, of course. Peru is interesting because Peru is the first wine country of South America. So mm-hmm. after Mexico and the Caribbean, uh, wine arrived into Peru. That was the entrance for South America, really, um, and. And they have, they kind of got battered by the Spanish in terms of uh, the Spanish crown were very jealous of their wine production and kind of quashed it, which is why they moved to Aguardiente Pisco, mm-hmm. um, because the Spanish monarchy didn't want them competing with their own market. Uh, so Peru slowed down a lot, well, almost ground to halt in terms of wine production and only started uh, making pisco. And now they're starting to make a lot more wine as well. Not I, a lot more wine, it's a small I had a little
0: bit of Sauvignon Blanc uh, when I I, I... I feel gutted that I didn't try, I didn't investigate, but that, that wasn't the main purpose of my trip. There wasn't many times when I was actually sat in restaurants, but I tried a little bit of Sauvignon Blanc that was... Um, on the wine list in a restaurant, and actually, it was it was really really fantastic in terms of as good as I would expect from the best Sauvignon Blanc in in Chile. With you know, yeah. so I think probably within the, it's it's about reputation. People are just they, I'm assuming that they are making some
1: in Peru. People yeah. don't really drink that much wine, so the winer and, and is they get exp- Cheap Chilean mm. wine and they get cheap Argentinian wine imported, so they don't really. It's difficult for a Peruvian. Um, Wine producers to compete on price point, and, you and know it lacks yeah. the kind of wine culture to really uh, develop. Otherwise, but there are some really cool producers in Peru. I recommend checking out um, Pepe Mocchiassa I think is one of the most exciting. Repeat wine it producers. one more time. Pepe Mocchiassa Pepe <laughs> Mocchiassa um, Pepe Mocchiassa Okay. Uh, which is in conjunction with or in collaboration. collaboration We're fabulous at this, aren't with we? With a <laughs> wine maker in Argentina called Matias Macilini. Um, and then there's some other nice ones that make some great wines in Ica, uh, which is the main wine region. And it's you know, there's interesting stuff in Peru. But you Bolivia like Bolivia are very yeah. excited about. Oh really? Um, okay. Yeah, because it's the highest altitude wine region in the world. So how high are we talking? Everything is above, uh, oh, my memory fails me, but above 1,600 metres. And up okay. to 3,500. Okay, you know, like so high. just a little so,
0: bit higher than probably Salta, really. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, yes. Salta's very high, but actually but they, they maybe just go, go that high little bit higher. Um, and then Bolivia's all-star, very high uh whereas argentina has this mix of, of uh, yeah quite high and down to oh, medium yeah like.
0: well, they yeah. 800 yeah i love i love in argentina what <laughs> eight, 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 hundred, 800 <laughs> meters i think is probably their more like, they're you know,
1: like oh this is just our low this is our low altitude 800 meters in yeah, argentina 800 meters yeah, yeah is they low for them for of course yeah. um so yeah bolivia is all high altitude which i think is Great in terms of intensity of sunlight, but also the cold temperatures. Mm. So you get nice acidity, but you get intense okay. color. You get very okay. intense wines. Very interesting. They've got one of my favorite uh, wine genres in Bolivia is their white muscat. They use their okay. muscat a lot to make uh, singani, which is their aguardiente okay. which is much like pisco, but slightly, slightly different. Um, and they have these muscat vines which grow around these pink peppercorn trees, That is trees. Is it, sound,
0: it, is it as beautiful as it sounds?
1: Or am is, I just creating no this?
0: See.
1: No, you say pink see. and I get
0: very girly and no, I'm thinking well, of wrapping like t- I'm thinking of green
1: wrapping no, around pink it, it's and a, oh. it's a tree with uh <laughs> green leaves and like a brown trunk, like most trees. a normal tree. The, the peppercorns are pink. But that, that's <laughs> so what they're I'm they're starting
0: like, to yeah, from, no, you know, you take a photo useful. and the colours and that's
1: no, that's just what I'm And then there are the wilds they were cultivated. These wrapping around the trunk trees. Which is that. traditionally how everyone... how sounds vibes. beautiful. Yeah. So they grow around there, and then, mm. and then they the muscat naturally picks up some of the peppercorn essence uh, or aromas. That's phenomenal. Because peppercorn goes everywhere. And so you get this muscat, this white muscat, which they vinify dry, but it has this very nice peppery note to it, and it's very interesting. Um, mm. The majority of it, 99%, gets just... You Put know, in like, well, in in Acro- Acro- yeah. uh, but sometimes in Bolivia you get excellent productions of this dry mascara, and then they've also got a nice Syrah and some nice reds as well. But Bolivia is a great wine country, just really hard to get the wines outside. Of Bolivia.
0: Well, yeah, for sure. But my question to you is always going to be you've been obviously, you've been we've talked about Peru, Bolivia, you've obviously done Brazil. Which is obviously up and coming. Uruguay is doing some fantastic wines with it, tannet yeah. and mourinho. Um, right, Part of my soul is definitely Uruguay. that was going to be my question. So, of all the South American no, wine no. region? Okay, no, no, no. Okay, so of all the South American right? <laughs> ra- no, 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 no,
1: Stop your question. I know where it's going. So, so, so
0: okay, I'm stopping. Tell me, tell me.
1: No. Finish your question. <laughs> no, no, no. What do you think, for you, I
0: mean, where is your... So you, I was going to say, like, your heart lying, or, like, what, what? what is the most exciting region or the most beautiful region or one that just always makes you happy or, or surprised you? Or I uh, ask you that because I think to myself, I will be in South America
1: soon, and I... I can't. Oh, I really t- can't pick. And uh, this is part of the reason why I, you know, like, I... My specialism is in South America, and Mm. I have been writing a South American wine guide for years now, and it's something, I'm hoping to publish a book next year on South American wine specifically, but including all of those regions that we've mentioned. Yeah. Because I really think they all encompass something special. And there's other productions in Ecuador and elsewhere but the most established are the countries that we've talked about, and everything, every one of them has something interesting. For me, Chile, what I love about Chilean wine and what I just am there when I'm in South America, I'm there every month, is because they're so pioneering and uh, they explore all the time. So you've mm. got these great old vines, these amazing old vines, but then you've got these brand-new regions like Ventisquero, like in the Atacama, you've got mm-hmm. them down far, far into Patagonia, like further south than New Zealand today. Chile are really. So Chile is just pint. very exciting for that. Yeah. Argentina has this amazing Argentinians drink a lot of wine. So they've got this whole okay. cool, like wine culture that they, you know, they really respect wine and enjoy wine and it's very tied to the culture.
0: Have you heard of what's uh, the awards that Catina Zapata has just got? No. So, um, Luis Gutierrez, who yeah. writes Wine for Advocate. Wine Advocate, so he now does uh, the Robert Parker uh, points basically for South America, has just given, so this is for me, and I think you will really like to hear this as well, has just given the first 100 point score ever in South America. And it, ironically, he's done two wines. Well, it's two
1: 100
0: point scores. So, it's <laughs> two 100 point scores. 200 <laughs> points to the same vineyard Adriana Vineyard, in f- uh, with Kati- with uh, w- yeah with um Katina Zapata yeah. which is so so is so you have so you have yeah, heard yeah, this you yeah. yeah, one you yeah, one of South the wines America, is Kat- well on. one is one is <laughs> Zapata and the other one is bodega um well, Adriana is yeah. the name of the bodega but Catina
1: yeah. um, Zapata is the this big family winery um, lovely, I've been there. I went there a few years ago. Multi generational family production. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, Nicolas Catena was really important. Is really important for the Argentinian wine industry. And his daughters Adriana and Laura, and he's got a son Ernesto, um, have been very influential in the Catena Zapata brand. Yeah. Um, but their winemaker Alejandro Vigil. Uh, is the one who's been working there, I think, since 1992, uh, for a long time, anyway, uh, for Katana Zapata. And he's been working with them uh, to do this special wine from Guaiteri, mm-hmm. uh which is a property that Nicolas bought and believed in. And it's very high altitude for Mendoza. And it's yeah. a great, beautiful vineyard, amazing wines, amazing soils, um, great climate, much cooler than the rest of the Yuko Valley, or many parts of and anyway so one of their wines is, is this catena blend and yeah. then another one is also made by Alejandro with the daughter Adriana the other daughter yeah and this is called El Enemigo which is the enemy um, and that's one of the other ones.
0: and that's that one as well is a Cabernet Franc yes which, which I love <laughs> because again every you know Malbec can be can be great. Also, a lot of Malbec is very mediocre. And it, what's frustrating about the UK trade, whether you've noticed this, having been away for, from the UK for about 9, 10 years, is that here, if you ask anybody who's, who drinks wine to name a f- few red varieties, they will put Malbec. They will maybe pick Malbec over Pinot Noir. It, it's such a great variety. It's become a whole brand in itself. Yeah. And that, I mean that's great in one way, but at the same time, that's it's nice. a whole, Yeah, I just you know there are, it's it's great, it's nice that that, that uh, Argentina gets highlighted because it has Malbec because they do they're their best Malbec is sensational, but but it's a shame for Argentina when. I mean, their Cabernet Franc is sensational. When you know, you say, you know, a lot of people who who've ever drunk, pom, um, you know, some of the best, you know, Pomerols um, have no idea that Cabernet Franc is such a big, uh, great variety for that. You know, people, what's Cabernet Franc? Anyway, so it's 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 fantastic that this is um, that's done so well. So this is this Cabernet Franc is this is their single vineyard. Um, I think it's El Gran. An Amigo, no? El An Amigo. So that's 2013, which I, I think the, it hasn't been released yet. I'm not sure if it has been released. I, I need to double check. And then the other one is their Riverstones Malbec. There you go. For anyone who's a Malbec lover, <laughs> you can still get a Malbec. Don't, don't you don't have to be too crazy with the company from. The Riverstones Malbec 2016.
1: And I actually really <clears> recommend <throat> trying their Chardonnay from Guadalupe. Like, I, I do think that um, Guadalupe is a... It's quite, I mean, in terms of, most people probably don't even know where Guaiteri is, but it's not small. There's lots of different sections within Mm. Guaiteri, but this particular vineyard has a really nice Chardonnay as well.
0: Hang on there, Katina, and I have been to uh, Katina, but... They have their white bones and the white stones. Now, is that coming from the same exactly vineyards? The same vineyard. This is yeah. fantastic. So I have been in this vineyard.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: Oops. it's so. stunning. And <clears throat> what's so sensational then, just to, to verify before I start giving wrong information, having been to this vineyard personally myself, is they have this white stones Chardonnay and they have this white bones Chardonnay. And as you can imagine, by maybe a stones in a soil and then bones, which is more like fossils. And they literally have done such incredible, an incredible job of working out how, you know, if anyone who thinks soils are silly, yeah, sometimes it might be a bit boring. But it's so interesting when literally I remember when they took us to this vineyard, the um, viticulturist stood with his legs as wide apart, I think, you know, a bit more than a meter. And he said, by the way, that is white stones. And that's where we get the white bones from because this is basically an ancient riverbed with the most incre- incredible stones and, and, and fossils and, and, and gravel and all these different... Um, it's it's a beautiful... I, I've watched a video of some other winemaker taking some big rock. It looks like a rock and just dropping it from a height and it just shattering into dust. It's... Um, it's a very interesting soil type, and quite clearly, it deserves 100 points. It, this is a sen- <laughs> it's a sensational vineyard. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And there's lots of sensational vineyards uh, in Argentina and in South America, and they're just kind of. It's only in the last, you know, 15 years that people are really starting to focus on what they have, right uh, you know, in terms of soil mm-hmm. and climate, and really looking at what's best for there, rather than this, um, you know, focusing on Producing what you can um, but really looking at what they have and the best that you can get from that and that's why I think South America is super exciting today.
0: so you're going to stay in Argentina or have you got temptations to move no move, I'm absolutely going to stay like, in South America but yeah. I mean is this going to be Is the, there's no plans to ever return home and oh, we're no, so lucky everyone Amanda is in the UK right home. now
1: Tight. I I you can tr- all my right tr-
0: tr- well, Your job is travelling, um, so I, it allows yeah, you I, to be back and forth, right? I have
1: very itchy feet. I can't stay in one place forever. Yeah. But I, I really love living in South America, in Mendoza. And Mendoza makes sense because you're right next to Chile and I can go spend some time in Chile. I go to Chile every month and it's very easy and it's no big deal. It's like popping to London if you live in Hampshire. I don't know, you know, it, it's no big yeah. deal. By the so way, I'm from Hampshire. It's really nice to, to do. You're from Hampshire. I'm well? from Hampshire.
0: Are you from Hampshire? Yeah. Where where in Hampshire?
1: Well,
0: oh. I like
1: to say, um, well, the truth is, I, I used to say, I used to say to everyone, well, Winchester, because it's the closest city. Yeah. Now. But actually, I'm from a small hamlet called Hattonley. Oh, Which Hattingley valley, <laughs> valley! Which
0: is 20 minutes from me, because I'm from Basingstoke, which sadly <laughs> we like to call Amazing Stoke. Oh. Because we Sadly, it it's all <laughs> listen, it has many names. And yes, it was also it's called Blazing Stoke, but recently changed <laughs> oh, yeah. not recently, probably about twenty years ago, to Amazing Stoke just because um I think Blazing Stoke got put in like it was number five of the worst places to live in the top fifty of, of the UK, which is not fair. No, Blazing Stoke is not that bad and actually offers lots of decent things. It's the London Overspill, so how dare they? But nonetheless, we were twenty minutes
1: apart. Yeah, no, we're not even that much I mean I'm kind of close I'm 15 minutes from Stoke, really yeah, so, but um yeah, when Hampshire I, girls yeah definitely that's so funny that that's, the well boys. that's why you that's, <laughs> and
0: but she that, has <laughs> blonde hair too as you'll see from the blonde hair speaks Spanish lives in my
1: my other life's beautiful Latino <laughs> land that I haven't quite got to yet um, but I when I moved from winchester which yeah. isn't technically correct winchester Passing i'm quoting me. as if someone the, can see we, me that same year i moved to hackney in london okay and winchester was voted number one like all you know the stupid things they do that top place to live in the country and hackney was the worst place That's absolutely hilarious country. the biggest extremes <laughs> but i, lo- I loved it i loved living in london i love them do you
0: miss it a little bit
1: of course I do, but I, the I, come, London back, has, I come back. London
0: has sure. something special. I, I, again, yes. I can't live here forever, but the energy and the vibe, and yeah, it's a fast pace, and people don't talk to each other, but you find the moments. Yeah. You find the moments, you find the special spots. You have to look for it.
1: And there's so many communities, and that's what I really enjoy. You there's know, that, that wonderful like, meet-up group, like, group tonight, now. Yeah. I really fancy Polish disco. You know you, you could going to find it. it. And then the next night, maybe you're like, Ooh, I'd like, uh, you know, Wagyu hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we all know,
0: uh, M Restaurants does Wagyu hot dogs. So to finish up, who's who would play you in your life? If uh, you. you... <laughs> that sounds like a compliment. I love that, but I unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, (laughs) I I could play you in your life and by the way, I'm an actress that hasn't been found yet, so anyone who is looking to cast me, I am ready Um, no, because I was talking about this with my parents, I know, exactly (laughs) hence why I asked the question, because I was talking about it this weekend, Scarlett Johansson obviously,
1: oh yeah, well I wish I don't think she'd be available for me, but (laughs) wait a minute, don't don't, I mean I don't don't want want you, I don't want you to steal Scarlett Johansson, I I wouldn't actually want to have an actress who might do me better than me no, but, I mean,
0: don't you want everyone to see those lips? I mean, I don't have lips like Scarlett Johansson. But, okay, fine. It
1: would be, I don't know.
0: What about, um, I tell you what, f- f- you know, funny enough, what about the other, the the actress called Amanda, Amanda... I um, would oh, not say Amanda Burns. I don't know who Amanda Burns is. The,
1: the one who became, like, a drug addict and all the rest. And oh, then, no. Like, I, that's no. been a, <laughs> an issue with my oh, name. Oh, hall- hilarious.
0: No, Amanda um, um, Seafried which is named after a wine from New Zealand, Amanda Seyfried, who was I in Mamma like Mia. Oh, Mamma Mia. You don't like her? No, I haven't
1: watched
0: Mamma Mia. Oh gosh. I know. You don't Oh, she was in Oh no. She's been in lots of things and she was in uh, right, Little Red Riding Hood. Um, I can she sounds great. No, well, hang Sign on, but you so up. you don't have you don't have anybody who Oh, I can see Amanda uh, Amanda Burns. Oh, she would not play you. <laughs> she looks like the type of person that would have a lot of drugs. No, well, I am not a, that mean. It's, it's
1: very funny because in Argentina, um I often Oh, she's lovely.
0: Samantha yeah, Seafried. I'll go with her. From Mamma Mia, she would be good. But I've given that to you, and I always get told off from everyone that I that I put words in people's mouths, and I've just done it again.
1: Okay, we'll have it, but
0: You're supposed far, to get.
1: She's far too cute. Yeah. She's lovely,
0: although apparently, by the way, FYI, total bitch in real life. But that not that's not a problem. That's because me. <laughs> we'll go with it. Doesn't matter. Don't, she can act. Up. She's a great actress, and she can sing.
1: I can't sing. Can you not sing? I can't sing, but I know that you want to do this to I do <laughs> to annoy John. No, to we're not. we not. I don't mind. Like, I'll be mm. your Pip. I'll pour the wine. You're gonna pour wine, yeah. But yeah. so, what are you? What's the song for your
0: life? Um, um. Actually, I tell you what. What am I so, um, singing at the moment? There's um. I almost want to do something Spanish. I don't know, maybe. Oh okay. Fuego, uh, fuego. <laughs> Despacito. Oh gosh, if my colleagues hear that. In fact, I have a listener. I'm gonna do a shout out to my beautiful friend Mark. Mark Dwendal, who's listening to every single episode and knows very well what Despacito means, because uh, our take joint boss, would take, take it slow, which I need to, our boss literally hates which me. Which we haven't. <laughs> we, we have literally knocked it back, which is not a bad thing, because it's the evening, it is nearly nine o'clock, and it's time to drink. Um, Mark... My good friend, hi Mark, I hope you're smiling, uh, knows that our boss secretly hates me because every time we ever do pro-vine, ever do a wine event and we're all together, I sing despacito, quiero respirar tu cuela despacito, and everyone's like, and everyone laughs and everyone joins in and everyone has a good time, and then and then him, I'm going to shout out Quellin Ignacio, you know who you are, no names mentioned, he's like... But I haven't been fired yet,
1: so, you know. (laughs) You know, one of my, there's this lovely, lovely, lovely woman called Monica, uh, and she used to work for Wines of Brazil. She's now representing a great winery in Brazil, Um, but she would always sing um, Brazilian songs to kind of entice people when they came to visit, and she just... You fall in love with her. Oh, she has a chuchi
0: great pego. I don't <laughs> know any got, mother She just
1: sings so beautifully. Oh, she didn't and say she that about me, did she? It's
0: very oh, that was very nice. That was,
1: yeah, nice. was too nice. Nice.
0: Thank you. I'm going to sing. Nice. What I think we should do um, is sign off now because Jonathan will kill me if I yeah. sing anymore. Um, and uh, we'll finish off a bit of wine and uh, sing where no one can hear me. Okay, I it sounds like a great thing. Thank you so so much. Cheers, Cheers. to us finishing off a bit more wine. Muchas muchas gracias por tu tiempo. No.
1: Un ah, placer. Ah,
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> muy
1: bien, divertido tomar contigo. Muchas yeah. gracias
0: por ayudarme. <laughs> oh, look at her yeah. continuing in Spanish. It's muy confundido. Yeah, 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 yeah. We will stop Hasta and uh, no uh, <laughs> join us again another episode. Thank you, Amanda. <laughs>
2: Gracias.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye.